0: the Teenage Ninja Turtles. That's right. The OG Ninja Turtles. You guys are geniuses because you're listening to the Derek Diamond Experience.
1: Turtle Power! Welcome back to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. It's Pensacon Week, and today I'll be chatting with a Pensacon guest, Emmy Award-winning voice actor Mr. Rob Paulson. You may know him as the voice of Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, Yakko from Animaniacs, Raphael from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so many more voices that he's done throughout his career. If you grew up in the 90s or even the early to mid-2000s, you definitely heard his voice at some point during your childhood. He joins the show to talk about growing up in Michigan, his love of talking with fans, what ultimately drove him to become a voice actor, the process of prepping for a role, some of his favorite characters, and the powerful inspiration behind his upcoming book, Voice Lessons. It was great getting to chat with Rob. I grew up watching a lot of the shows that he was on uh, back in the early to mid-90s. So this was really cool, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Rob Paulson. So this week I'm joined along with a very esteemed voice actor. You may know him from Animaniacs, Ninja Turtles, Pinky and the Brain, DuckTales, and so many more cartoons, Mr. Rob Paulson. How are you today, sir?
0: Well, Derek, I'm great. I'm breathing, and I'm not in jail, but the day's not over yet.
1: So far, so good. <laughs> the day's still young, right?
0: Yep. As long as I don't expire during your show, I think we should be fine.
1: Oh, absolutely. So we we were just talking uh, before we actually started recording. Uh, you grew up in the Michigan area. Um, what was it like growing up there?
0: Well, it was great, and I'm still, to this day, even though I've been in California for 40 years, I, I often say that I'm pure Michigan as their... Uh, their um, um, copywritten tagline goes. Um, I uh, was born in Detroit and reared in around Detroit area I went to high school just south of Flint. And my uh, still got relatives back there. My folks are both buried there. And um, I, uh, I really love Michigan. I I had a great time there. Um, It's uh, it was a a marvelous place to grow up. And I, I know that now having, pardon me, having been out here, for a long time, that I, I feel like I was very fortunate to uh, have been raised in a place um, like Michigan, which is uh, offers a lot of really great stuff. Now, mind you, this time of the year is not the best time to be in Michigan. Um, it is uh, pretty damn cold up there at the moment. But uh, <laughs> it, I had a, I didn't real, I was too stupid to realize how cold things were when I was a kid. But uh, it's great. Uh, having said all of that, California is pretty outrageous. It is. Uh, um, it's a great place to be as well. You can surf in the morning and ski in the afternoon. That's pretty. That's a pretty neat trick.
1: Yeah, you get all the the weather related activities pretty much in one day. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I, I was I was actually in Los Angeles uh, about a year ago, and it was actually it was it was pretty chilly. Like it was colder than what I expected. It was I think low fifties. I went it in March, and I, I was kind of surprised.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it's it's not tropical. Uh, You know, you have to go down to New Mexico or or at least southern Arizona. Even then, you know, you can get snow in Tucson. But, um, um, yeah, we have cold weather, in in quotes, Uh, where I live in the Santa Monica Mountains this last week. Every morning I've had uh, ice on the the birdbath outside, but it goes away pretty quickly. But we know it gets down into the 30s. We had snow actually in Malibu, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, We had about three or four inches of snow at top one of the mountains in malibu which was kind of cool for us but um cold out here is is relative it's uh, you know it, at sea level when it gets to be 40 degrees uh that's cold because it blows but then of course you go up to the high sierras and you got 11 feet of snow and it blows like crazy and it's 10 below zero so it's a it's a pretty remarkable state you can do pretty much anything or nothing. (laughs) What a lot of folks do out here too.
1: Now I've heard that as well. So growing up in Michigan, uh, what was it that kind of inspired you to, to get into acting and specifically voice acting?
0: Well, uh, I didn't have any, anything in particular that, that, um, kind of pushed me in that direction. I think it was kind of innate. Uh, I just learned at a very early age that I could, the truth is that I could get attention by doing stuff that, I love doing. I, it was really that simple. And I, I enjoyed both ends of this of the equation. I would be lying if I said I didn't like the attention, but um, now it's taken on a completely different sort of uh, feeling because I, the attention I get now is stuff that really makes my, uh, myself and others very, very happy. And I just love that whole experience. But when I was a kid, I just loved to do it. It was something that uh, literally just made my soul happy. I don't, you know, some people it's coloring, other people it's basketball. I, I the only other thing I really wanted to do is be a hockey player. And I learned pretty quickly that I was, had neither the talent nor the temperament to make a living uh, doing that. Um, so the only other thing that really got me excited was uh, singing. And then I became an actor and um, moved out to LA ostensibly to do live action. And then got into the animation stuff kind of in the mid eighties uh, because it was another way to work. And, um, uh, so voice acting wasn't part of the equation at the beginning, but it doesn't take very long to realize that you are one of a million average looking kids that come to LA to be in the moving picture business. So with a child on the way and, um, uh, the opportunity to work steadily, uh, the fact that I had a face for cartoons was kind of a blessing. <laughs> and luckily my <laughs> ego could handle the fact that people didn't recognize me, but, uh, um, the uh, i'm very very fortunate that my wife suggested i jump in with both feet it was a great move and uh, i i would not change a thing i'm, I'm able to do things uh, with my voice that i would never 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 have been considered for on camera and for a person who's creative that's a really good thing and, and nobody still cares what i look like and i can do this till i die or i don't want to do it anymore and that's not always the case with a non-camera talent you know
1: yeah, that's a good point because, you know, you could probably still like go to the store or really go anywhere and it's, you know, you can still go and not be bombarded by people. Like, say, if someone like, you know, a Michael Jordan or someone like that, sure. you know, who could barely go out in public and walk 10 feet.
0: Absolutely. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I love it. If It happens more than it used to as a result of nice people like you and social media. YouTube. It happens more than it used to probably, I don't know, once or twice a week, I'll be somewhere and somebody say, are you that guy that does cartoons? And, and all it does, all it does, Derek is make everybody happy. I start doing a couple of voices. They smile. Sometimes they even cry because it, it's a very, uh, often a very special nostalgic place to people. Um, and, uh, it happens more often than you think with men and women. And, um, so I love it. Now, the other side of the equation, as you say, is getting to a place where it's it's intrusive, and I never wanted that. I would never want my wife. Uh, my son is grown now, but when he was a a little boy, I never would I've wanted anything that would be dangerous to him, or very off putting, to my wife. Um, I don't feel like my family should be subjected to certain things just because of my profession. And right. certainly, if you're a, if you have a level of that uh, that fame that you suggested, that's a totally different life and i've never had to experience it usually in that regard there's a lot of money that comes along with it so you can take the necessary precautions but then it's kind of like i I wouldn't want to live like that i I have friends who are famous and by and large their lives are fine but every now and then it gets a little weird you know and um and i have that too but i the weirdness that i experience is not too invasive Uh, you know it's not dangerous right so um I'm. Um, I think you're right. It's a wonderful. It, it's a great, um, kind of. Uh, um, it, it's 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 great on both sides of the of the circumstance. I people recognize me like at Pensacon coming up next weekend. Those folks will be there to see all the folks there. One of whom will be me and my friend Maurice Lamarche, the other half of Pinky in the Brain, and um, that is just a absolutely wonderful experience every single time I do one of these things I come home utterly exhausted from saying thank you for three solid days and it is a mind-blowingly beautiful experience I honestly I I never get enough of it I am so grateful to be at this spot in my career where what I've done has uh, I'm sorry what I've been a part of make it, it understand I don't draw them I don't write them man I'm just an actor and a singer of which there are a dime a dozen but I'm pretty fortunate and um so <clears throat> working on the things that i've been able to some of which as you mentioned is 30 something years old and i'm you know working when i get back home to la and i'm i'm out of town at the moment and uh, i work pretty much every day so uh, i'm still feeding the beast and it's just a utterly happy experience for me and for the the fan base
1: no and that's that's the dream to to do what you love boy absolutely hear, hear so kind of backtracking a little bit when you transitioned into voice acting how is it that you cause I know one of your first roles you got was on uh one of the gi joe incarnations um how yeah. did you how did you get the role of that and then how did that blossom into you know getting more steady animation work and then that was kind of you know you figured out that's that's what you were gonna do
0: well the um it's it's not mystical or strange or anything. It's just I had an opportunity to audition for animation, which as I said wasn't my normal, rather wasn't my uh, uh, necessarily the reason I came out to L.A. But I came out to L.A. to work and to be as creative as I could be and ultimately try to make a living at it. But what drove me out here was not the money. I, I wanted to to be creative and with people who were of a like mind and and try to make my way like millions of others. Um, So that was another opportunity to make a living. And um, within the first hour, uh, working with people like Frank Welker and Peter Cullen and Chris Lotta and uh, all these Michael Bell, Jack Angel, uh, wonderful actors, uh, I thought, man, this is great. These are people, many of whom I've seen on television and episodic shows growing up in the seventies. And they're out here doing cartoons, Jonathan Winters and, Bob Ridgely and uh, um, Marsha Wallace, people I've all the, talked on TV all the time. And I thought, this is great, man. I i don't have to, the, everything I go to read for on camera, uh, there's a physical aspect of the casting issue, which is, of course, makes total sense. We're looking for a guy, uh, 28 years old, you know, 25 to 35, 5'10", blah, 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 here the lines of next door neighbor. But none of that mattered in this Circumstance. I could be a big badass um, soldier, or some kooky thing called a transformer, which nobody had ever heard of in those days. Or I could be uh, Haji on Johnny Quest. or I could be a talking avocado. I mean, it didn't really matter. And uh, for an actor and a singer, the the opportunity to be completely and utterly self-conscious is uh, kind of what I love. I don't like being limited by being an average-looking Caucasian guy. I, <laughs> what fun is that and i know it's you know i mean it, uh, i've had a wonderful life but in terms of being creative they nothing creative about that so uh, uh one thing led to another and um i was able to, you know you get a couple of gigs and word gets around and hey this guy rob is he's pretty good and you should bring him in to read for this thing and then i'd audition for a bunch of them and not get them then i'd get one and that would lead to another so it's a very normal progression um and uh And as I said, when my son was coming along, my wife said, wow, you know, you probably should take the bird in the hand because we need the money and you're really enjoying this. And um, she was correct. It was a great move. Um, uh, And and truly, there is no downside now. Uh, Having had the great good fortune to work on a lot of well-known and arguably iconic characters, again, that I'm only a part of creating. But it's really paid dividends later on in my career um, because people... Like you are nice enough to want to speak to me about these things, and they've ha- had an impact on I, arguably a hundred and hundreds of millions of people around the world. You no know, turtles and Pinky in the Brain and Animaniacs and Jimmy Neutron and Fairly Odd Parents and The Tick, The Mask, Biker Mice from Mars, Mighty Max, you name it. And um, uh, these people come up to visit me at every convention I go to or every live appearance I make, and I'm always surprised at which part of my career it is that happened to be the the shiny object for them, and and often they're, they're children, which is crazy to know that there are you know two two generations who get a kick out of this stuff. It's mind blowing.
1: Well, and that's yeah. the cool thing about the just the wide variety of stuff that you've worked on because you know those names you mentioned like Animaniacs, Ninja Turtles, Pinky and the Brain. That's those are all things that you know people my age grew up watching, and then you have the younger generation. So you you you're like you said you're reaching different generations of people so that that's that's just fantastic it is
0: it's and it never is it's it's never not fantastic
1: um it's the most
0: wonderful way in the world to make a living and it's always a gas uh, particularly meeting the fans
1: absolutely so when you when you get a role like what's the process of preparing because I've, I've always been intrigued by voice acting and how voice actors prepare for a role so like how, how do you how do you create the voice of these characters well it's
0: again I, I wish I could tell you something was this really deeply mystical thing but it's not it's um, it, for me <clears throat> it's been kind of a an organic um, process and by that I mean um, it uh, it's just how I am. I, I have a pretty crazy imagination. I have no problem behaving like a complete idiot um, <laughs> in the confines of a studio. Don't get me wrong. I don't walk down the street, you know, on my hands. But uh, I, uh, I I'm not. I've never been one to be limited by something that the average person would say. Well, that's kind of odd behavior for an adult, and it is. But that's my job. I, um, I, I, I don't fly airplanes. I would love to, but I don't have the time. Uh, but I, so my, my gig has been a pretty um, natural progression. I'm one of those very lucky people who essentially gets paid to do it. Used to get me in trouble in high school. Um, I found a way to do, to get paid to do something that is a, a deep passion of mine. And, um, but I, but it's not, uh, um, you know, again, it's not a mystical Uh, here's how you create um, long-lasting iconic characters. I I don't have a a special um, process for that. But in terms of how it actually really happens, um, the producers and the writers will sit down with the actors. Once we get booked on a show, we audition and come up with what somebody likes. And uh, so in that case, it's a lot of improv on the spur of the moment to get the job. Once we get it, um, there are a lot of folks who help help us flesh these characters out and um, so that's what that's what happens you know we get in there and bang around inside the studio and uh, have a blast and say a little bit of this a little bit less of that a little bit more of this and the way the characters interact with everybody else and it's just basically not too dissimilar to the way live action is done um, Casting is done and you uh, see the the bits and pieces of a, of a character that work in the context of the show and off you go. And then, and also down, down the road, things do uh, morph a little bit. Often you'll hear a character that sounds completely different um, a few years down the road than it did when, um, when we were, you know, when the show was created. I mean, if you listen to Bugs Bunny um, from the seventies, Bugs Bunny sounds a bit different than he did in the fifties. When And part of that is due to, Mr. Blank's age, and part of it is due to just a character morphing, you know? So uh, all of that comes into play, and that only happens, of course, if you're lucky enough to have a show that's a hit and lasts a while.
1: Do you have a favorite role that you've done? Because, you mean, you've done so many, but has there been one that has stood out to you more than the others?
0: I would say the next one, because it means I'm working.
1: Um, <laughs> that's a great way to look and, at it. And that's, I love yeah, it. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. People, people say what do you, you know, you've done this, new, that but the truth is, man, I, I still audition and I'm still, you know, I'm still trying to get out there and, and keep, um, keep happening. So uh, it's difficult to uh, pick one particular uh, special one. I, I It's it's pretty tough to not want to do pinky for the rest of my life. Cause I love working with Maurice. Um, yeah. I just love to sing. So that would always be right up there. But the truth is I'm, I just love to work, and I am um, always looking for the next gig. So that's that really is the truth. If I'm if I'm the next one that comes up, I'm working. That's what's important.
1: No, that's that's a fantastic way to look at it. Uh, and I'm better now than I was when I was a kid. I, I'm learning.
0: I'm always getting better, which
1: I want to do. I like to be. I like competition,
0: and um, it makes me get better. And I always and I've always enjoyed that.
1: Well, and that's the key to success in really any line of work is you should always want to keep learning, because if you don't learn anymore, then why keep doing it?
0: Here, here. Well said, buddy. I totally agree.
1: Um, I did want to backtrack on one, uh, one of your voice roles that was actually one of my favorites from one of my uh, favorite shows as a kid. Um, you were the voice of Antoine in the Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> cartoon how was your time working on that show because you had um jim cummings and you know other notable voice actors on that show uh, which i think is yeah extremely underrated Uh, what was it like working on that show
0: thank you it um funny you say that i was just working yesterday with roger craig smith who is now sonic on whatever sonic thing there is out there he's been sonic for a while um oh it was great and it was nancy no no see it was uh C. jim cummings uh, Jaleel White I mm-hmm. think was Sonic mm-hmm. um, it, it, oh, it was wonderful um, I had a black but you know it sounds silly but they're all like that they're, I don't I would have to think really hard Derek to think of a session or a show in which I worked that was a miserable experience you know, is people were making cartoons for a living We we do silly voices with other grown-ups quote unquote and we get paid really well and we get free food and we just laugh And then we read these funny scripts and we don't have to dress up. We don't have to go on location. We don't have to memorize the scripts. It's probably the best job in the world. Um, (laughs) And I have to tell you that every one of us to a man and woman knows how lucky we are to do what we do. You will not find a group of actors more utterly devoid of pretense than voice talent because it's not about how big your boobs are or how big your muscles are or whether you're six foot eight or, or eight foot six or two foot four or White hair, green hair, no hair, gay, straight. It doesn't matter. It's about pure creativity. And um, and so we go in there with that mindset and just play. Uh, so Sonic was great. I'm, I'm Again, I'm always amazed at how many people love Sonic, you know, because you don't walk out of the studio and go to a restaurant and go, hey, there's the guy who's Antoine. So you, you, we, we, I never knew this stuff. And then 25 years later, people say, oh, my God, if I had a nickel for every time I watched Sonic the Hedgehog and you have no <laughs> idea what this ca- It's fantastic. Um, and it is a wonderful thing to be able to look back and, uh, uh, and and say, wow, there was a lot more to these things that we worked on than than just my paycheck. It, it turns out that these shows have brought immeasurable joy to lots and lots and lots of people and that is not a small thing when you start talking about a couple hundred million folks that know these characters it's a big deal
1: well i think the thing about that show is that you know in addition to the good acting the storytelling was really really good on that show especially towards the end and you know unfortunately it got canceled and was left on a cliffhanger but from for the duration of the show it was it was great from top to bottom the animation looked good the acting was great the Thank story you. was solid you know the, the yeah. thing that always stood to me because I also read the the comics as well. The cool thing, mm-hmm. or the funny thing about Antoine was just that he would act like this, you know, big macho tough guy, and then when the situation would get rough, he would just turn into this blubbering coward, and it was always really um, funny.
0: Yeah, typecasting exactly like me. <laughs> Kidding, but yeah no I get it that's
1: fun yeah no it was it was great so uh, in addition to all the voice acting you've done uh, you've also got uh, a book coming out uh, fairly soon called voice lessons uh, what was the what was the inspiration behind uh, wanting to write a book
0: well um, actually just a a health thing that I went through shined a whole different perspective on my career I, I had no real interest in writing a book, because frankly, the last thing the world needs is another Hollywood memoir. And I'm not even a celebrity. And I, and I don't mean that it's not false modesty. I'm good at my job. But uh, the characters are famous, and I'm just a part of it. Um, so I thought, well, nobody is going to buy the book. And what's the point? Um, but a few years ago, actually, three years ago this month, uh, I was diagnosed with uh, stage three throat cancer, and for what I do for a living, um, that was, as you can imagine, kind of a kind of a surprise. <laughs> and um, th- that experience left me uh, with things that I'm uh, that I, I think I have a much more interesting story to tell. The things I learned, uh, not only going through the treatment, which was pretty pretty brutal, um, and I'm fine now, uh, but along the way I had had these great opportunities to spend time both on the phone and in person with a number of children who were in horrible circumstances and many of whom didn't make it. And their parents would keep in touch with me and still do after their kids were gone. Uh, and I never realized the extent to which those experiences would help me deal with my own, um, time in the cage, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, it really gave me a, 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 a it, it helped me, uh, you know, my sense of humor, my natural sense of humor buoyed me, but those examples of, of courage that I could never, ever comprehend um, with the parents and the children uh, who went through much tougher things than I did, those experiences really helped me a lot. So I think I have a much better story to tell now, and it's not so much about my struggle, because my struggle is in quotes, my struggle was for a couple of months, and my family's was for a couple of months. It wasn't for my life. I've had a wonderful life. Um, But uh, the way that uh, I was able to get through it with the help of all these examples I've had throughout my life, I think that's an interesting story. And now I'm in a position uh, to perhaps be helpful or inspirational to someone else. And uh, that really is what it's all about. It really is all about paying it forward. These kids and their parents did things for me that they never would have known. Clearly they did because a lot of them are dead. Um, but it, it, to me, it's about uh, helping the next person who's going to struggle with your own example. And um, we, we really, really, really are all in this together. So this is not about money or not about ratings or anything. Um, it's uh, It's a great opportunity for me to help and it's also something I really enjoy. I'm, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to talk about the book and uh, do public speaking and all of that. So it's a, it's a wonderful experience.
1: Well, I think when you go through something like that and, you know, you see other people go through it, you know, it, it really kind of puts things in a new perspective. So I, I think that's it's good that you're taking that and using it as a way to pass things on to others. I, I think that's great. Thank
0: you. I, uh, I appreciate that. I, um, as I say, I, I, I'm not at all a hero. Um, these, uh, uh, you know, people every day, and I'm sure you have talked to them, cops, firefighters, first responders, teachers, you name it, people are heroes and do things every single day that don't have one lick of publicity drawn to them. And what they do is utterly unabashedly heroic. Uh, in my case, I had great doctors and a great family who helped me get through it. But the, 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 the important uh, part of my book to me is to be able to find inspiration and heroism kind of when, when you least expect it. In, inspiration, like love, in my opinion, comes from the most unexpected places. And um, I, uh, I, I just love being able to share those experiences about kids who seem to be the least of us. Uh, in-hospital beds, tubes coming out of them. Parents are a mess for obvious reasons. But it turns out that those kids are are utterly heroic just by living their lives, whatever they are. And I had an incredible uh, opportunity to see that, not only firsthand, but keep in touch and, and, and get to know these families. And um, boy, did that ever contextualize my experience. Um, and it can for anybody. It's not about... Because I'm an actor or a voice actor or whatever, it's um, it's just an opportunity. And, and to the extent that I've gained any notoriety as a result of this work, then I wanna I wanna help. And I sure as hell I'm you know I'm not the guy who's gonna be the Nobel Peace Prize winner. But we're, like I said, I really feel like we're all in this together. And you when you have an opportunity to help, you can't not do it. Um, it's just sort of the human thing to do. And um, so I'm you know bring it
1: i don't think i could have said it any better thank you uh but you mentioned this earlier um you've mentioned you know going to conventions and talking with fans and whatnot you're actually going to be in my neck of the woods at pensacon uh, which is february 22nd through the 24th at the pensacola bay center everyone should go get tickets now uh have you ever been to pensacola before
0: I have not. I've been to Florida a number of times, but never up north there.
1: And uh, on the Gulf Coast, and
0: I'm really looking forward to it. I've never been. And my my pal Maurice Lamarce, the other half of pink in the Brain, is going to be there with us. And uh, man, we're gonna have a ball. I think that's next weekend.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. It's uh yeah, it's uh, a Friday through Sunday, so it's a, a three day convention. So you've got plenty of time to, you know, meet Rob and all the other great guests. They're lined up. It's it's a really fun and I think a unique convention because I, I don't know if you know this about Pensacon, but almost the whole town kind of rebrands itself. Like when you get to the airport, um, it's, it's originally called the Pensacola International Airport. Well, they call it the Intergalactic Airport. So it's sci-fi Great. themed. You have like Star Wars and Star Trek uh, type theme stuff all around the airport and other restaurants will... Um, do themed parties oh, like one of the breweries is doing a Lord of the Rings party so they'll deck everything out like Middle Earth. It, it'll, it'll be fun. I, I think you'll have a lot of fun. That's here.
0: great. I'm so looking forward to it, man. Honestly, I I'm, I'm really am. I'm, and Maurice is too. I was just with him last weekend and we're very excited.
1: Last question. Do you have any social media or website you'd like to plug so the listeners can follow you?
0: Yes, please. Uh, my Twitter feed is at yakko pinky y-a-k-k-o-p-i-n-k-y all lowercase one word um instagram is rob underscore paulsen p-a-u-l-s-e-n and uh on facebook it's rob Paulson, voice actor that's pretty easy um so uh please follow along and I try to post interesting stuff and things that aren't too uh, self-aggrandizing. I don't ask for prayers for my cat, kitty going in to have their, you know, claws taken out or anything like that. I um, I just uh, post stuff that's fun and germane to my work, and um, and we'll have a ball. Not and by the way, disclosure, not that it's a bad thing to ask for prayers for your kitty who's getting declawed. <laughs> I, I just I just have a little more fun than that. Thank you.
1: No, I I got gotcha. you. Well, Rob, thank you so much for joining the show. It was great, and I can't wait to meet you at Pensacon. Thank
0: you, buddy. It's my pleasure, Derek, and, and have a great weekend, and thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me.
1: Thanks again to Rob Paulson. Can't wait to meet him at Pensacon this weekend. You can follow him on Twitter at Yakopinky, on Instagram at Rob underscore Paulson, and on Facebook at Rob Paulson Voice Actor. And speaking of Pensacon, I'm going to be moderating several panels throughout this weekend, but the one that I really hope you guys can make it out to is the Defending Bad Movies panel with my Nerd Cave Retro co-host Jason Robbins, the official fact checker of the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, Wally Phelps, and Mr. Julio Diaz will be uh, talking about bad movies and their good qualities. So basically how this is going to work is that I have a list of movies that I'm going to choose from at random and whatever movie I choose they have to say nothing but good things about. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be Sunday, February 24th at 1.30 p.m. in room B of the Pensacola Grand Hotel, which is right next to the Bay Center. But if you can't make it or you don't live in the area, I will be recording the audio, and that will air as next week's episode of this podcast. But if you can't wait until then to get your fix of the show, you can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcast. And, of course, thanks again, as always, to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. Their songs Late Night drive Through" and Light and Jazzy can be found on their latest album, Greetings from the Space Van, which is available on Apple Music, Spotify, and Google Play. And I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again to Rob Paulson. Hope you guys can make it out to Pensacon, to all the panels, uh, meet all the guests, do all the fun things. Pensacon's always a great time. And we'll see you guys back next week with the Defending Bad Movies panel.